Hello and welcome to Green 15, Glasgow University Environmental Sustainability Team's short but sustainable podcast. My name is Talia, but this is the last you'll be hearing from me for this episode because instead we're spotlighting some of the people doing work on campus to make our university more sustainable. So first we'll be hearing from the Student Representative Council's Environmental Officer, David Gabra, for a rundown of the existing university climate strategy before handing over to Joe from Extinction Rebellion Glasgow University to talk about what they've been up to. Then we'll be handing back to David, but in a different capacity so he can talk about the Green New Deal Group and the Arms Divestment Coalition. Now, these are worthy causes and I hope you'll make a judgment for yourself on whether you want to get involved. And if you do, then all the information on how to do that is in the, the podcast description below. Thanks for listening. Hi guys. The University of Glasgow in November 2020 published a climate strategy document called Glasgow Green. It's an interesting document. It was developed by uh, a man called Stuart Miller, who's the sort of lead sustainability guy at the university in tandem with senior management at the university. And it's quite an ambitious document in a lot of ways. If you know what university management is like, it's, it's gone a lot farther than one might have expected, but it's still not gone far enough. It mainly revolves around the reduction of carbon, which is a pretty narrow paradigm to, to be addressing you know, your contributions to the climate crisis through. But they are also looking at the ways in which the university is situated within society and the ways in which it interacts with the world at large in, in a way that is slightly more promising than some universities. And then on the other side, there's a lot of boring, nitty-gritty stuff like turning off lights. And, but it's, uh, it's, quite, it's quite a bold plan. And after student pressure, they actually committed to reaching net carbon zero by 2030. They'd initially tried to go for 2035, but we managed to bring it back, which is pretty cool. It's also a constantly evolving strategy. They've said that given the dynamic nature of the crisis and the way that it's, it's constantly fluid, the plan's not a fixed thing and it's up for interpretation constantly. And we as students have the opportunity and the power to influence that. Does it go far enough? It's a good question. I'm going to talk about the Green New Deal, which basically says no. So we'll see. On the darker side of things, the university still has a lot of money invested in the fossil fuel industry and has some corporate ties to the industry as well. We hosted an event with Shell. This was pre-pandemic, which was protested by students because it was Shell there being uh, saying horrible things. And we still invest in fossil fuels. Despite the university committing in 2009 to fully divest their fossil fuel holdings within 10 years, this investment stuff is dry as hell, but they, they haven't done it yet. The climate summit is coming to this city and it's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy that we still have money in fossil fuel companies. And this money, supposedly, their argument goes, goes towards scholarships and hardship funds, but we should be able to have scholarships without burning the planet. There's also a Shell event coming to campus during the week of COP26, and the university has supposedly recommended that it be put online in wake of potential protests from a guy who was involved in some pretty dark things in South America for Shell. So yeah, we still invest in fossil fuels, but that's going to change very soon, and we can all influence that. One of the ways in which we can influence that and the wider sustainability strategy is through climate assemblies. These were established during the pandemic through the Green New Deal Coalition, which is a group of students who are trying to influence the sustainability strategy at the university. And they, um, with guests, decided to set up some climate assemblies, which are delineated by the different categories within the Green New Deal proposal. So travel and transport, investment, procurement, sort of buildings and, and lights and stuff. And each assembly focuses in on one. And the idea was to pit the Green New Deal's suggestions against the university's climate strategy, let people, having heard from an expert on both sides, let people discuss for themselves and develop their own ideas and allow for students and staff to actually be part of the conversation and saying, this isn't something that is happening up in the, up in the high offices in the fancy building. This is something that we are all deeply embedded in and engaged in. 
And not only do we have the right, but we have the power to assert ourselves in this situation and change things. We only had one that happened online, but they're going to be coming back. And if you're interested, keep an eye on your student emails or on the guest page, because I'm sure they'll be promoting it. And they're going to be really, really interesting. And the one that happened online was fantastic. Another exciting thing at the university is the Center for Sustainable Solutions, which was established last year. And I've got a little description that has come out of their book, because it's much better than anything I could say. It was established as a collection of academics coming together to enable individuals, communities, and organizations to act towards a sustainable future through education, research, and partnership, supporting interdisciplinary, cross-campus, and cross-sectoral solutions to climate change. And it's a really, really interesting body. The academics who are involved with it are incredible people with, with incredible ideas, and they're open to anything. So if you have an idea about sustainability, you should go to them. If you have a future in research or academia surrounding sustainability, that might end up to be a place for you. And it's a constantly expanding thing, and it's just been established. And we need more academic bodies devoted to tangible solutions to the climate crisis. I'm the environmental officer, and I represent you, apparently. I'm your elected representative. So if you've got any issues about sustainability, then come and find me. Hi everyone, my name is Joe, I'm from Extinction Rebellion, Glasgow University. So what I thought I'd do today is just tell you a bit about Extinction Rebellion for a few minutes, just in case some of you might not have heard of it. And then I'll go on to talk a bit about Extinction Rebellion at Glasgow University and what we do and how you can get involved. So Extinction Rebellion, as an international movement, uses non-violent direct action to try and prevent mass extinction and minimise the risk of, of, of social collapse from the climate and ecological emergency. As I'm sure most of you in the room are aware, the, the climate and ecological emergency is the biggest threat facing humanity and, and facing global justice in the world. And we've known this for just over 50 years, and yet the governments of the world have failed to do anything about it. In the year 2021, globally, we're still emitting more greenhouse gases than we ever have before. The governments are completely failing to protect us from harm. And in Extinction Rebellion, we think that kind of the social contract, how it works, is that when governments fail to protect the citizens, it's the citizens, it's not only their right, but their actual moral duty to rebel against the government, to take action against the government. And so that's why you might have seen us in London, um, occupying some, par some parts of London, uh, doing other things like blocking oil rigs um, and so on. And this is kind of rooted in, in the history of, of social movements. The, the suffragettes in the early 20th century used nonviolent direct action. Martin Luther King in the civil rights struggle and Gandhi in the Indian independence movement. They all prevailed against overwhelming odds using nonviolent direct action. Um, and so we think we can use that too um, in order to kind of find solutions for the, for the climate and ecological crises we've got on our hands. Yeah, and just very quickly, we have, we have three demands. The first one is that the government and institutions tell the truth about the climate and ecological emergency. The second one is that the government commits to net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2025. And the third one is that we use citizens' assemblies to oversee the process of kind of decarbonisation and to stop ecological harm, which I won't get into now, but it's basically we think a more fair and effective way of doing democracy that avoids the problems of kind of corporate lobbying. So yeah, that's my spiel on Extinction Rebellion as a movement, but kind of what is Extinction Rebellion Glasgow University? How does it relate to Extinction Rebellion and, and kind of what kind of things can we do? Well, we focus more on trying to get the university to include climate justice in their policies and practices. So as you've heard, um, the, the university is unfortunately 
an incredibly unjust institution at its, at its core. There's still millions invested in uh, fossil fuels and the arms trade. You know, when the university is supposed to be thinking about our future and they're investing in two of the most destructive industries for not only ours, but kind of everyone's future on the planet. Yeah, as you also heard, you know, careers fairs, really companies with terrible human rights records and terrible environmental records getting invited to careers fairs, talks hosted by BP and Shell and so on. So that's, that's why we need to target the university. And also, I think more positively, um, if we're going to find solutions to the climate and ecological emergency, research and teaching is at the core of that, right? Like we are at this institution with amazingly you know, intelligent people and we, if we're going to find the solutions, this is, this is where it can happen. So that's another reason we target the university. So what kind of things do we do to target the university? We do kind of direct actions, things like we've camped out, we've occupied the cloisters for a night, and we've had multiple attempted occupations of the university. One of them was cancelled because of COVID, and another one, the security team kind of got wind of it and, um, and shut it down before it could happen, unfortunately. We've disrupted senior management meetings, so um, that was kind of, we, we found out where the uh, sustainability committee was having their meeting and, and we interrupted that. We did it in a you know, friendly way. We brought tea and cake to them, but also said kind of like, guys, come on, let's sort your shit out, basically. And we actually heard from, from a source that interrupting that meeting actually led to the university senior management thinking more about the new climate change strategy. We've protested at careers fairs. We've helped to disrupt the climate change talk that was sponsored by, I can't remember if it was Shell or BP um, that David mentioned, but one of the two. We do banner drops, and we also are closely linked with Extinction Rebellion Scotland and Extinction Rebellion Glasgow. So whenever they need help with actions, we kind of will come in and help with that. About two years ago, we occupied the, the Scottish Parliament with them. But it's not all direct action. We also do lots of other things. So we helped to co-write the, the Green New Deal, which came away with 52 kind of implementable recommendations for climate justice for the university and took just over a year. And now we're trying to campaign to get those implemented. Uh, we do fly posting, uh, putting up our posters all around the university. We do film screenings. We've done some film screenings with the Documentary Society. Uh, we put on talks. We do workshops. We do uh, trainings. Um, and we also have, you know, socials to have a bit of fun as well. What successes have we had? Well, since we were formed, and I'm definitely not taking credit for this completely because there's so many different amazing environmental organisations at the uni which have kind of put pressure on the university. But yeah, since we started, uh, the university's launched a new climate change strategy. I think they changed their original net zero target from, I think when I was in first year, it was 2045, I think. And now it's gone down to 2030. So that's a pretty amazing thing. The SRC endorsed the Green New Deal. And I personally, I think there's been less, I've seen less dodgy companies invited to the, the careers fair in recent history because I think the senior management are worried that us lot are going to make a fuss about it. That's kind of just to say, you know, action does work. We can influence policy at the university. If you're ever going to get involved in climate activism, this is the year to do it. Like, coffee's coming to our city. Just want to say, like, even if you're not interested in getting involved with Extinction Rebellion, please, please do get involved with, like, one of these organisations, environmental, sustainability, climate justice-focused organisations at the university because we really have an amazing opportunity to create change here. Um, so yeah, please do get involved and thank you for listening to me.
Uh, it's me again with my other hats on, which is not as your elected representative. Um, so I was involved with the Green New Deal Coalition, and we met at the end of 2019. We had a big assembly facilitated by the Dialectic Society. And the idea of, for that was, much like the climate assemblies that we've since gone on to, to develop with guests, was to bring together all the students on campus, hear their ideas and hear what they thought about the university's climate strategy. And as a result of that, we ended up producing a document called the Green New Deal, which is fully 75 pages long and encompasses every single aspect of, of sustainability on campus and goes further than the university in a lot of ways, I think, not only in its aims, but in what it encompasses. So it encompasses procurement, which is the supply chains of how they get all the U of G merchandise in, in the shop is made by modern day slaves and is made with textiles that are incredibly pollutive. The, the carbon content of the food that we get in all the, in all the food places on campus similarly is not accounted for by the university in their strategy. So we feel like we're going much further than the university in terms of what we are taking responsibility for as an institution, whereas I think they, they're thinking about things like electricity and things on campus uh, and this and that. And one of the other exciting things about the deal is that it's got a commitment to opposing the profit motive, uh, given the role that capitalism plays in driving the climate crisis and explicitly commits to that. And the SRC has signed on to the Green New Deal, which is quite exciting. So we've got their support, which means that it's supposedly supported by the elected representatives of the students of the University of Glasgow, which doesn't mean much to senior management, but it means a little bit to us. Our deal still exists. If you want to get involved with pushing it, we're on Facebook at the Green New Deal. Send us a message or find our email address and hopefully we can continue to drive the university sustainability strategy in a positive anti-capitalist direction. Taking one hat off and putting another one on, the university invests in the arms trades and has significant research ties to, to this industry. As your elected representative of the SRC, you're more than welcome to disagree with me uh, and think that the arms trade is a legitimate practice um, and that we should be allowed to engage with it. But personally, I think it's a load of bollocks. I don't think that in a world where we are slowly running out of resources that we should be able to spend energy and time and brain power and human life on doing things that only cause violence. And moreover, I don't think the universities should have to be tied to this as a, as a central aspect of their business model, which they currently are. We're getting loads and loads of money from arms companies. And one of their arguments is, well, people would be out of jobs if we didn't have this money. And that's fine, but can we not question that logic in the first place and ask why universities have to be this way and why the world has to be this way? So the campaign has had an interesting time so far. We had a big protest in 2019, got loads of support. Things rumbled on through into COVID and eventually the university held our discussion about our demands to divest at the highest body, which is the university court, which sits every two months, I think. Uh, at which they said that the arms trade was morally good because some of the equipment produced by arms manufacturers was used by the UN humanitarian forces to hand out humanitarian aid. So apparently it was fine having an arms trade. They told us to fuck off. Uh, they wrote to every arms company in whom they invest and they wrote to the British government asking if their sales of weaponry was in line with their own ethically stated practices and they all wrote back saying why well, we have the finest ethical standards in the whole world don't you know uh, so that was that we've done the bureaucratic route we're now going down the action route so if you want to get involved with stopping that we're going to be having an open meeting very soon and tell everyone you know that you invest in the arms trade because it's shameful
So that's all for today's episode. Like I said at the beginning, if there's anything you want to get involved in, the information on how to do that will be in the description of this podcast. And I should also say that these recordings were taken from guests' introduction to sustainability event. The full video for that is also linked in the bio if you're interested. Thanks for listening and remember to subscribe if you want to be notified when our next episode is out.